do. Hello, everybody online. It's uh, uh, wonderful uh, to see you with us. We're grateful you're with us today, too. Uh, we hope that uh, you're like the, uh, the Livingston young men who made French toast for their dad today. That's pretty awesome. Anybody else get French toast this morning? That's, I hope that you did. And, uh, but we hope that you're at home uh, eating French toast and some bacon and whatever it is that you're doing, but that you're with us and you're uh, able to take this time to worship and to pray and to receive communion with us in a little bit. So if you haven't already done so, uh, we hope that you uh, will head on to the kitchen, get yourself uh, some bread, some juice, whatever you have, uh, as we get ready to have the communion meal together. So we say hello, everybody online. Hello, good people. <laughs> Today is called to worship scripture. It comes from Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he heard my plea for mercy. And listen to me. As long as I live, I will call to him when I need help. How can I repay the Lord for all his acts of kindness to me? I will celebrate my deliverance and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord before all his people. The Lord values the lives of his faithful followers. Yes, Lord, I am indeed your servant. I am your servant, the daughter of your female servant, or son if you are a son. You saved me from death. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, you saved me from death. Whew. I will present a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. Amen. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord before all his people in the courts of the Lord's temple in your midst, O Jerusalem, O crossroads, in your midst, O crossroads. Praise the Lord. Amen. experience the reality that you are a good, good father, and that your intention, even toward the prayers that we'll pray today, is good toward us. And so friends, whatever way you want to pray, whether you lift your head or bow your head, open your hands, put your hands on your heart. You're here, and that may be the only prayer you can pray today is just showing up. And may you know the deep love of God and the intention of God for you. And just know that as you're breathing the air that God gives on this day, God gave, that God's intentions toward you are good. And then others of us, we have prayers we want to put on the prayer board this morning, so find your sticky notes um, and bring them on up. We're going to have a special guest, uh, father and daughter moment. Come on, Jamie and Matt. And I asked Matt, would he leave the sound booth? 
So please come, write your prayers, bring them up. This is an interactive time. And um, Jamie and Matt have a story. I'm not going to tell it to you. And I don't know that they uh, look at Matt's like, oh, I knew she was going to do that. Come on, Sylvia. You don't want to miss this. But um, the beauty of, uh, of Jamie and, and Matt's story is stunning. And, um, yeah. And so I thought they would be great for us to lead prayers. So will you go get your sticky notes? And let's write them down because we're going to be led in prayers of the people. Um, we used to write the prayers of the people, and that was great. Uh, but then we decided to let you guys write the prayers of the people. Like, what is your prayer today? Who are you praying for today? You want to name that person. I hope somebody will write down Kobe as she's on a mission trip to the Philippines um, and, uh, and taking, care of, taking care of people that need desperate surgeries. So we want to keep Kobe in our prayers. Um, I, I feel, you know, I always feel really tender at Father's Day because I'm one of those people that have a dad in heaven. And so, you know, that, that's, a, that's a tender uh, spot for me today. And all of us may have our, our own places. I'm also really grateful um, to be a part of a church where there are so many dads who don't give up and keep showing up and keep finding their way. And, um, and that, you know, I could name them. I, you know, Don Capo is a father to me uh, in so many ways. There are just things that he'll say to me that nobody else could get away with. And, um, and he's such a gift that way. He, he calls me to myself. And, uh, and that, that's a gift. And he's my nephew. And he fathers me. Right? There are people in your life that have been given the gift of being able to, to help care for your soul. You know, I think about um, all the ways this last week that people showed up at food pantry to father people. Yes, mother too, but today's Father's Day, so we're going to, right? That beautiful gift of the food pantry and people feeling cared for by really good good guys, the good guys, the, the magnificent men, the dazzling dudes that, that show up to serve. And, um, yeah, and, and the people that um, showed up at Juneteenth yesterday to help serve and haul freight and uh, uh, sing. And even Jeff sang a love song to Christine. Um, they were playing and, and was celebrating their 50th anniversary. And, and yeah, that's, that, that's definitely a celebration. And all their children are, are grateful that they're celebrating a 50th. And um, so, right? Yeah? And and other people like that, you know, I bet Jeff has been a bit of a father to you too, Shauna, on occasions, right? And I, you know, I just think, um, I just think we want to thank God for, uh, for the guys who are growing in faith, hope, and love. And they want to grow in faith, hope, and love and show up um, for those that need an image of God to come through a male that is on a transforming journey. And so, 
lots of prayers today, friends. And we'll be taking communion uh, also. So I'm going to ask our, our pastors to come on up that could come and serve. And um, we're just going to allow the tenderness of the intention of God our Father to be with us today. Um, and, and to feel that beautiful masculine energy in the room that gives us a grace to feel uh, like we are held by, by brothers and, and fathers and nephews and friends, um, those who give us the kind of support we need. And so let's stand together. You're welcome to come up for communion or you're welcome to, um, to go to the back if you'd like to serve yourself. Together we remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, sitting with his friends in the room, he said, take this all of you and eat. My body is given for you. And every time you eat, remember me. After supper ended, Jesus lifted the cup and said, Take and drink, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant, a covenant written in my own blood. Shed for you and for all people so that sins will be forgiven. And every time you drink, remember me. And so together, friends, let's remember Jesus at the table, fully God, fully human, fully man, and bringing himself to the table with all that was happening in the hearts and minds of people. So able to see the end result of the cross, he was able to drink bread and wine with those who would abandon him betray him. And so on this day, oh God, we say, Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you. Make us like you. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I am Stacy here with your Next Steps news this morning. Happy Father's Day. Um, we're welcoming all the new folks that might be with us today. And if you've never had a chance to connect with us online or in person, um, you're welcome to visit us at the Next Steps um, kiosk after service. We'd love a chance to meet you. Or if you're online, you can also scan the code and connect with us online that way. So great way to connect with us so we, we stay connected. And we only have one announcement today. Um, this is our last call for our middle school road trip. So um, we have like, I think, three spots left. So if you know a recently completed 6th, 7th, or 8th grader, they're welcome to join myself and a couple of our middle school teachers. We're taking them on a fun trip this summer. Um, we just want the kids to feel 
community, build friendships, and feel God's love and goodness for them. And that's why we're doing these special events for our, our kids. Um, if you can't make this one, I know a few people are leaving early for the 4th of July holiday. Our next one, if you want to save the date, is Saturday, September 16th. We're going to do an adventure camp getaway that Saturday. So save that date if this one doesn't work for you. And that's what's happening. Thanks, Stacy. Thanks, Stacy. Stacy, Stacy, Stacy. I mean, people that go to Craig Cruisers with middle schoolers are saints of a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? But then here's the hilarious part of it. I can't remember if it was Griff or AJ decided that they wanted to volunteer for this because they wanted to go to Craig's Cruisers. So there's also the adults among us who, you know, they know, like I, my middle schooler is still in here and I'm taking my middle schooler to Craig's Cruisers. So that's really good. Hey, you guys are going to have to do better today in responding to me or I'm going to be like nervous and things. So yeah, amen, hallelujah. Whoa, what is that? What? What? <laughs> well, you know, okay, because we want to talk about magnificent men. It looks like we're on Build Your Community, but magnificent men is coming your way. Can I just say that um, a few of the magnificent men today had to put up with my late delivery of the PowerPoint. And so let's hear it for AJ and Don for putting up with people like me. And... Um, I owe them like fettuccine Alfredo or something like that. I gotta, I gotta do something. What do you think, Don? Well, we're gonna make sure we're, we've done it all right. Uh huh. There's things happening. So you know, magnificent men. We can start with the passage. Would you stand together with me for the passage? Um, I love looking at the lectionary and finding out that the lectionary's right. Isn't that great? Like, here, here's, oh, there's Magnificent Men. There he is. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> um, and the lectionary today, the Old Testament passage was around uh, Abraham um, feeding the Trinity dinner. It's really, really cool. You can go back to that. But then the New Testament was awesome um, because it was when Jesus chose the 12 good men and then the one turned out to be a stinker. But so 11 and not so good moment. Okay. Um, and so I thought, well, I love this on Father's Day that we're going to get to feel the goodness of masculine energy that we have benefited from. Right? That we have heard the words because of these 12 guys, yes, there were 70 later and lots of women were involved, but we want to focus on the 12 right now and say thank you to the 12. Can you just say thank you to the 12? Because they're listening. Yeah, I mean, like, they're part of the great cloud of witnesses, you know? And so we're grateful for the 12. Let's read together. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. 
Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Now, be careful because once you pray that, you're going. Because here's what happens next. Then Jesus summoned the 12 disciples after he says, pray that people will go. Then he summons them, right? And he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. And these are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, I want us to get a grip here because Jesus does go to the Gentiles and the Samaritans and has another group that go out to these, right, over the years. But these guys were not equipped. They, they would have been having arguments about things. You know what I'm saying? They did not have the Holy Spirit yet. They needed the Holy Spirit, although there are people that are still arguing today, so I can't figure that out. But anyway, so here is Jesus is basically saying, you're going to go do what is yours to do in the world. I'm not asking you to do something that I'm going to ask some other people to do, but I'm going to have you go here so that you can have the good news that you know and we'll deal with all your psychological problems later that you don't like people of other races. I'll deal with that in a minute. But right now, you just go to the people, your own people, your own family right now, and then later I got some other ideas. Good. Let's say thank you, Jesus. Jesus had good psychology, good spirituality, fully God, fully human. So as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Whoo, nice. And then take no gold or silver or copper or your belts, no bag for your journey. They're like, what? No tunics or sandals or a staff, for la but laborers deserve their food. So whatever town or village you enter, oh, I'm sorry, you're supposed to be reading with me and I'm going too fast. Find out who is in it is worthy and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. Again, you got to get Jesus because he tells you to pray for your enemies too, right? But Jesus is basically saying, if they got anxiety in the house and they're all jiggity-jag, don't let that come on you, right? You need to go. If they're not willing to welcome you in this way right now, this is not going to be your job to do. If they're not receiving you in, you're going to just keep going because there's other people that are going to. And that's a good word, friends, right? Don't let people's jiggity-jag get on you. Okay. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Now, <clears throat> again, this could use a whole series just on that conversation. 
But what we need to understand about Sodom and Gomorrah is there was no spirit of hospitality there to welcome angels properly. I just want you to remember that for a minute. Hospitality to welcome the angels properly. But we're not preaching on that today, but you can do your own study. They didn't welcome the angels properly. Okay. Wow. All right. And then um, this is all about hospitality. Who's welcoming you in their house? Right? How welcome do you feel when you go there? Is there something that your peace is getting disrupted? What, what, what's going on here? It's about hospitality. Um, the idea in the lectionary with Abraham was hospitality to the Godhead, the Trinity. Like made him food. He and Sarah made him food, right? And I have to tell you, hospitality is a spiritual practice that has been violated uh, over and over, but very much so during from 2020 on, where people didn't go to people's homes to eat anymore. And, um, and we, uh, next week, Hannah's going to be calling us out to do some different things. But I'm going to say, friends, you need to put your feet under someone else's table, and someone else needs to put their feet under your table, because hospitality is a spiritual gift. It will heal your soul. Isolationism is not going to help you. One of the things that uh, a psychiatrist, um, that I can't remember his name right now, I'll give it to you later, he talked about the fact that at at the core of many mental illnesses is loneliness. We were not made to be alone. We need friends to call us up and say, hey, come on over, right? That's right. I mean, crazy people like AJ and Hannah who had all of us over after Juneteenth yesterday. And, uh, you know, your whole band was supposed to come. You guys didn't show up. But anyway, it was, we had so much fun. It's healing to laugh. It's healing. It's healing. You, you were having other fun. It, it's, it's good, friends. It's good for us to practice hospitality. So we'll get into that. You can be seated. Let's say thanks be to God for the scripture. Amen. So here's my dad. My dad taught me hospitality and unconditional love. He was the most hospitable person at his table. Liberals and conservatives ate meals together and had conversations. He ran for political office a couple times as a Republican, a couple of times as an independent. And he never did well in politics because he liked everybody. Because you know you got to hate somebody to do well in politics. You know what I'm saying? Like you got you to be a hater of some group. So that, okay, anyway, but okay. But my dad had this way. He, everybody that knew him, like he hugged you. And if he didn't know you and I introduced you as my friend, you were hugged and welcome. One of the things my dad said to me was, uh, you're an angel. I was doing his fingernails. I said, you forget all the bad things I did. And my dad said, those were only exercises. You know, they were exercises on my way to find God, to find faith, to find hope, to find love. And still on this day, sometimes my exercises kick up. (laughs) Yes, Scott said some of us are in better shape than others. Hospitality. I want to show you some magnificent men, and my dad starts the whole gig. Then there's Pastor Carlo. Can we have a shout out for this magnificent man? 
who like the disciples, here he is teaching children, feeding children, like his whole life is devoted here, friends. And let me tell you about Pastor Carlo. He's brilliant and speaks, I can't remember, seven different languages or something. He could have done anything he wanted to do, and he wants to educate children. A magnificent human being. And so thanks be to God that Haiti has Pastor Carlo and that there are those being trained up, boys and girls, to know God and to follow God. Another magnificent man in my life is St. Francis of Assisi. And many of you know that Scott and I walked in the footsteps of St. Francis. We got to go to his cave where he prayed. Did you guys get to go to the cave? No, I'm sorry, Ann. You got to do it next time. Okay. So um, there is a cave where he prayed. And so he would go on retreats and two people would take care of him while he went in the cave and prayed, right? And then another one would take a turn in the cave and the other two would take care of making food, doing good stuff. It's really beautiful. But the song that we sang this morning, All Creatures of Our God and King, that came from St. Francis. Did we bring it, honey? The Canticle of the Creatures? Or did I forget it? It's in the car. So the Canticle of the Creatures was written because St. Francis let animals go to church. Like he honored the animals, right? That's right. He honored the animals. It wasn't like, you, you know, all creatures of our God and King, right? And that somebody once said, I think it was Richard Rohr or something like, okay, if you can't love people, start, start small. Love a rock, then love a flower, then love a forest, right? Practice your loving, and then, you know, bring the people in. There, there's a thought. That could be helpful. Um, but the canticle of the creatures helps us be in awe of summer solstice, right? Like, wow, the sun is staying out long. And, and this is beautiful. I want to sing, uh, so I can't read, maybe I can. Praise to you, my Lord, with all your creatures, especially Sir Brother Sun. Isn't that fun? Who is the day and through whom you give us light? And he is beautiful and radiant with great splendor and bears a likeness of you, most high one. And praise to you, my Lord, through Sister Moon and the stars in the heaven who you form from clear and precious and beautiful. Praise be to you, my Lord, through Brother Wind and through the air. Pray for Brother Wind in Canada right now. Just begin to pray. And cloudy and serene and every kind of weather through whom you give sustenance to your creatures. Praise be to you, my Lord, through Sister Water, who is very useful and humble and precious and chaste. Praise be to you, my Lord, through Brother Fire, through whom you light the night. And he is beautiful and playful and strong. I could go on. There's more, but I won't today. But let's just love creation like magnificent men have before us that actually practice creation care. Amen. And then there's the magnificent St. Augustine. And St. Augustine, um, you, what you may not know is his African heritage was lost to us because of slavery and our colonialization. But yes, he is a North African man. And one of the things that this, I mean, he has been a magnificent person in my life. My dad loved Augustine and didn't love Augustine all at the same time. But we had quotes all the time from him. And I love this one. 
since you cannot do good to all, say it with me, since you cannot do good to all, you are to pay special attention to those who, by the accidents of time or place or circumstances, are brought into closer connection with you. You can't take care of everybody. Go ahead, give someone a high five and say, that is right. That is so right. Because you were created for the accidents and circumstances of your own life to show up. And then God, say this with me, God is more near to us than we are to ourselves. Isn't that lovely? Like reminding us that the truest thing about us is we are hidden in Christ with God. And we, that, we're getting that revealed to us day by day. So let's hear it for St. Augustine, or you can call him Augustine if you want to. And then there's C.S. Lewis. Have you appreciated C.S. Lewis through the years? What a magnificent human, C.S. Lewis. By the way, in his day, he was a heretic. So be careful who you call a heretic right now, because it may be later you're reading the books. Just saying. All right, so C.S. Lewis, he said, to have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There would be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you have really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you are trying to obey him. There's that. But trying in a new way. Can you all say a new way? This is lovely. A less worried way. Go ahead, Taneka. Why should I worry? Why should I worry? Yes. Uh-huh. And, but in a less worried way. Not doing these things in order to be saved, but because he has begun to save you already. Not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions, but inevitably wanting to act in a certain way because a first faint gleam of heaven is already inside you. Like heaven all the way to heaven. So anyway, magnificent. Who loves C.S. Lewis? I mean, you might not like that quote. You may have a love, not so much loving, but... Anyway, Jesus likes him. Then, I, I just want to show you, this is a shout out to my professor, Jerome Wagner, uh, who has taught me healthy psychology and who was the person who got my first book out in the wild and had me speak at a conference. And I was shocked that such uh, my professor that I adore would think that I had something worthy to offer a wider world. And then he wrote the foreword to the book. And why do I tell you that? Because we need people, not only psychologists, but people who will open the way for us. Not be tight-fisted like, oh, I'm just going to do my thing. No, hey, I want to help you do your thing. What is that that I can do to help you do your thing? And see what we can do together. Like, how can I get the word out about that good gift uh, which was Juneteenth yesterday, by the way. You know, mental health services, nutrition services, all kinds of people that we were just swapping cards saying, oh, we're bringing all your stuff to our food pantry so that people know that they have these services available. And I just want to say thank you for people who share the good stuff with one another. So good. 
And then our beloved Jim Martin, who is the Vice President of Spiritual Formation at International Justice Mission. How many of you remember when Jim came and preached here on a Sunday morning? Yes? You can't get over him, can you? You can't get over him because he doesn't see justice and formation polarized. That justice comes from your formed self, right? Come on, come on, come on. And so he says, God is deeply and passionately concerned for victims of violent oppression in our world. And so he's given his life to this. He left his pastoral job and went in full time helping the people who are doing the works of justice all over the globe for IJM be healthy in their soul so that they don't do violence. Because if you are experiencing violence in your soul, you perpetuate violence to others. Um, It's a little, little quote, but I'm sorry about that. As I more deeply engage in the mission of God, I more, thanks, Don, I I more deeply experience the presence of God, right? As I more deeply engage in the mission of God, I more deeply experience the presence of God. And if you want to read a book, read The Just Church by Jim Martin, because he talks about justice is the mission, friends. Justice and mercy is the mission. And so we can't even, when he was here, he gave you such a huge uh, thank you. Because when he walked upstairs and saw the Child Advocacy Center, that in your house, that kind of work is happening, and that we are a chapter for the Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force, he said, only 2 to 3% of churches in the world are doing this work. And uh, we didn't know that. You're You're rare. And I just want to say, justice and mercy have got to go together, my friends. Okay, so there's that. Thanks, Jim. We love you. Can we hear it for Jim? I'm blessed, Jim. Help Jim. God, give him all. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. But okay, I'm going on to Nelson Mandela. So Nelson Mandela, you know, he has taught us about the image of God. In his inaugural speech for his presidency, he wanted people to know You have inherent greatness. You are a child of God. You have an inheritance laid up for you now and then. Right? This is true. Do you guys know you have an inheritance? I mean, not if you're my kid, you're not getting anything, but from God. We need to realize there we have an inherent greatness, and it is the presence of God. It is the presence of God. And Mandela said something like, human beings can't bear the burden of their own inherent greatness. And when people are haters and hating each other, it's because they don't know their own inherent greatness. Because people who know their own inherent greatness, they like, hey, Bonnie, do you know about your inherent greatness? And Kelly, do you? And you just kind of find people and say, do you know who you are? Right? Do you know who loves you? Yeah. And then there's people like Howard Thurman that most people don't know Howard. But Howard was the mentor to Dr. King. Did you guys know that? Yes. Oh, Howard Thurman, you got to read his book. What's your favorite book by Howard Thurman, Lindsay? Yes, Jesus and the Disinherited. Yeah, so that's a good one too. Did we get that? I think we got that from you over here, didn't we? Yes, so he says, there is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. 
It is the only one true God you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings somebody else pulls. And Howard Thurman was a prayer warrior, raised in a Pentecostal tradition, became a contemplative. Like this guy has it all going on. He has love for God and for humanity. And he knows if you get in touch with your inherent greatness, you will sing a song no one else will ever sing. And nobody else is going to have you doing what you were not made to do, like a puppet on a spring, string. And we could never talk about magnificent men without another man who's greatly influenced all of us, and that is Dr. King. And he teaches us resilience. And I'll just give you a little quote from his, uh, his work, the Reverend Doctor. And I tell you why we shall overcome, because the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards justice. We shall overcome because Carlisle is right. No lie can live forever. We shall overcome because William Cullen Bryant is right. Truth crushed to earth will rise again. We shall overcome because James Russell Lowell is right. Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne, yet that scaffold sways the future and behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadows, keeping watch above his own. Uh, we shall overcome because the Bible is right. You shall reap what you sow. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, well, I wanted to do it like Dr. King, but I don't have my glasses, so I couldn't get my king on. But you go home and practice. And then Rick Warren, repentance. Oh, my Lord, honey, I'm going to need glasses. We're coming in for a landing. So you may or may not know that the Southern Baptist Convention, by 88%, voted that women could not be ordained in the Southern Baptist Convention, and, um, and they excommunicated Saddleback from them uh, as a result. So here's what Rick Warren wrote. My biggest regret in 53 years of ministry is that I didn't do my own personal exegesis sooner on the four passages used to restrict women. Shame on me. I wasted those four years of Greek in college and seminary, and when I finally did my proper due diligence, laying aside 50 years of bias, I was shocked, chagrined, and embarrassed. So, my hermeneutical rules were being violated, including never build a doctrine on a single word that is used only once in Scripture. There is nothing to compare it with. Correlation. Do your own study of authentian in, in, in Greek, and you will be shocked. I think maybe it was because I didn't want to know. Have you ever didn't want to know, so you wouldn't do your own due diligence? It, it's entirely possible about anything. Like, we do have our own bias, and if we don't want to know better, we won't know better. Right? Okay. And so then he says, do your own study. 
I think maybe I didn't want to know anything that might challenge my view I wanted to believe for 50 years. But eventually, integrity required that I read over 70 commentaries by the inerrantist scholars whoops, <clears throat> that blew apart my comfortable, traditional, and culture-based interpretation. No seminary told me that those commentaries even existed, and Baptist bookstores refused to carry them. And my mother managed a Baptist bookstore. So I accepted the interpretation that was most comfortable for me as a man with my background. Then reading over 100 books on the early church and the history of the Great Commission demanded my repentance. That journey was both painful and humbling. And I don't expect to win in New Orleans, which means, yep, they're going to excommunicate you. He wrote this before they excommunicated him. And I certainly don't expect to change the mind of an angry fundamentalist. They're, they are responsible to God and not to me. I'm doing this as an act of obedience to the Holy Spirit, but I do want to do this. I publicly apologize to every good woman in my life, church, and ministry that I failed to speak up for for many years in my ignorance. What grieves me is that I hindered them in obeying the Great Commission and that everyone is to teach in the church. I held them back from using the spiritual gifts and leadership skills that the Holy Spirit had sovereignly placed in them. That breaks my heart now, and I am truly repentant and sorry for my sin. I wish I could do it all over. Christian women, will you please forgive me? Regardless of the attacks or the vote result, I want a clear conscience before my master that I repented and that this sinner did what he asked me to do. And with that, I am completely content to let him be the judge and evaluator of my life and ministry. We must live for an audience of one. So we bless Rick Warren, and we bless all that you're leading him into, things he'll learn even now. And we pray that all of us would have this spirit of humility and repentance that we would find the ways that we have locked in on a particular way and have been unwilling to hear the voice of the Spirit. Let the wind blow, we pray, in all the ways that we're in error because we know they are many. Would you help your church to develop this spirit of repentance so that Jesus really can be known in the world. Amen. And then the final magnificent men are the crossroads men. And I, you know, I'm not going to make you stand up. The old me would have. But um, just sit there. And, and maybe all the women can stand. And we'll hold our hands up and pray for the men. Can we do that? So all, all the women stand. What I know is that um, um, we are called to reflect the image of God, male and female. And we want our men to reflect in the ways that God has made them very individually. Some are biological fathers. Some are not. 
but you saw there, in fact, half my dudes did not have uh, biological children, and they have affected us as fathers in the world. I want us to just hold our hands out, and we're going to pray in a moment of silence here. Whatever prayer is on your heart, can you just whisper that to God? Whatever you're concerned about, whatever you long for the men to have and experience and know about the love of God. Let all those men come to your minds here and just pray for them one by one. Oh God, thank you and bless them. Oh God, thank you and bless them. May they know their inherent greatness. All creatures of our God and King, let us all know our inherent greatness. And let us receive from men in this culture in ways that help them grow up to be themselves. Give them the grace to repent. Give them the grace to become. We hold all of them in your loving presence. So let's posture ourselves father's blessing however that looks for you I want you to think of one thing that if God were to impart in your life that you would say I, I really would love this blessing in my life it might be wisdom it might be health it might be patience it could be humility you just bring that thing into your mind and that we're just going to accept the blessing of the Father over that thing in our life. Think about God's invitation for your life, what you're invited to do as Claire's just shared with us, the things God's created you for. And bring that one thing to mind right now. So now God, as we this place we've been in this space this holy sacred space together and we've been with you together and now we go out into our lives for this week so Lord I speak the blessing of a father the blessing of the father into each and every one of our lives and into our children's lives upstairs all those online that one thing that you have brought to our minds, I pray blessing on that, God. Blessing on that and strength and goodness. So we receive even now the blessing of the Father to live the lives we were created to live. Not just this day, not just this week, but for all the days we have ahead of us. We thank you for that. Amen. Be blessed, everyone. Have an amazing day. Have a great Father's Day.